on this episode of Shooting the Shit with Saints. Y'all like Nia's sexy voice, huh? Huh? Hey, that's my girl. Hey! She over there on this episode of Shooting the Shit with Saints. You know, I had to kiss on her neck a little bit to make her talk like that. <laughs> oh, fuck. I'm back in the building. Okay, so if you if you... If you didn't see UFC 264, you were obviously living under a rock, you know. Um, Conor McGregor broke his fucking shin in half. And, you know, I just, I'm heartbroken. Not really. Oh, his ankle's broke. His ankle's broke. He broke his fucking ankle. Fuck! Stop! Chris Middleton, pull up. Lipper, lip, blow. I mean, fuck. I love the finals, man. <laughs> oh, baby. Oh, baby. Back again, man. I am who I am. My name is my name. And welcome into episode 65 of Shooting the Shit with Sands. Y'all like Nia's sexy voice, huh? Huh? Hey, that's my girl. Hey, she over there on this episode. I was showing a show You know, I had to kiss on her neck a little bit to make her talk like that. <laughs> oh fuck, I'm back in the building. Listen, um, you know I am dedicated to the content game. Y'all know this. I've I've been going through the the apartment shit, man. I just bought some couches. I'm trying to get a TV and a fucking TV stand and all this shit. Uh, it's It's been hectic. But I did not want to release a pod in the midst of no finals game. So, obviously, you're going to be hearing this. This is before the finals game starts. There's actually a finals game tonight. Uh, was it the Hawks? or was it, No, it was the finals. It was the Suns and the Bucks. I'm like, I'll be back with the game review. There was no game. There's actually a game tonight. I made sure three times. So I'm going to give you what I think is going to happen. Um, and I don't see any real adjustments being made to Giannis. That's one thing. I, I think that there's only so many adjustments that can be made in this series, you know. And um, I think this series is what it is right now. We're going to see what happens. But to start this thing off. Oh, and I'm going to get into the Stephen A comments and all that shit. I don't know if there's anything else. It's, I'll look up some topics to talk about, crack some jokes on, though. The one thing that 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 I have to talk about, um, Conor McGregor, okay? I might put a little bit of my reaction um, in this. Actually, let's, let's roll the reaction tape and audio in three, two, one... Wearing all black, cause it's a funeral! He got them billion dollars strut out. Let's go! Kill him! They hit this shot, Connor wins. Alright, what's in the bag? Bring the corpse to the stage! Bring it! Corpse! Let's 
Holy fuck. Oh, I'm so scared. If you get ran through, Connor, I swear to God! Yeah, leg kick his ass! Yeah, Connor! Leg kick his ass! Dustin's hitting him though, bro. Fuck. Guillotine! Guillotine! He doesn't have it. Fuck. Fuck. Two minutes, Connor. Two minutes, you're good. Big elbows! Big elbows! Come on, Connor, get up! His knee, oh my god, his knee's out. Oh my god, Connor got hurt. Oh, his ankle's broke. His ankle's broke. He broke his fucking ankle. Okay, so if you if you if you didn't see UFC 264, you were obviously living under a rock, you know. Um, Conor McGregor broke his fucking shin in half. Now people are saying it was a leg kick. <clears throat> Dustin checked a. He didn't even check it. He did block it. I don't even know if he technically blocked it. Right? He did a teep kick. If you don't know what a teep kick is, it's where the ball of the foot goes into the diaphragm, right? And he threw one of those, his elbow rocked it, and then you see, oh, it's so gross. You see Dustin's arm go into, like, you know, if you're sitting, it's supposed to sit, like, flat, like a T. His was going into his leg. It looked like they were morphing like humans. And it sucks to see that. But, okay. Let's just be real, all right? And just give did my backstory here, okay? I will never claim to be an MMA expert. I did boxing for like two and a half years. That's the only combat sport experience I have, and I'll never sit here and act like I, I'm gonna tell you how to what they need to do as a game plan to win, right? I'm just a huge fan of the sport. I've been watching MMA, UFC, really. Now I watch everything, but UFC. Really, since 2012, 2013. So, almost 10 years now. You know? And this is the come up of Conor McGregor. You know, that's when Conor started, started out in the UFC. And really, I think in 2013, or was that 15 when he fought? It wasn't 15 when he fought Dustin. It had to be 2013 or 14 when he fought Dustin Poirier. UFC 178, I believe. Um, you know, that's when I was really getting into, and I saw this Irish guy knock out Brimage, Brandau, he faced Dennis Seaver, I see all these fights, and I'm like, I fucking love this guy, you know, and he knocks out Poirier, he beats Max Holloway, and he pops his ACL in the middle of the fight, it was insane, you know, and then he becomes a superstar, and it's not like I was some diehard Conor McGregor fan when he's coming up. That's when you first see him. 
now I know when to latch on to fighters like a Cody Garbrandt. Right, I'm latched on to Cody. And he had a lot of bad losses because he fights like an idiot sometimes. But, you know, it's it's one of those things. I will never get off a fucking hype train for me. Like a hype train isn't... I'm not talking about a real hype train. Like, oh, the Conor McGregor hype train. My hype train. Conor's still going to go win the fucking belt to me. I'm an idiot. I'm a dummy. You think I'm giving up on him now? Lost to Nate Diaz. Lost to Khabib after saying some wild shit in the press conference. Lost to Poirier. Then technically lost to Poirier again. It's time for us to get real, man. I'm about to say something that's going to break my heart. That was the most fraudulent win of Dustin Poirier's career. (laughs) No, I'm not going to say that. Um, I actually, you know, it's funny in the MMA community... Uh, not that I'm part of it, but I know the fans pretty well. You can hear them in the stadiums and shit. Nobody, nobody really hates a person's opponent unless they say some wild shit about them. You know? Like, I don't think Conor McGregor fans hate Poirier. You can't hate Dustin Poirier. He's a fucking OG and he is a savage. Like, you can't hate Dustin Poirier if you like watching fighting. He's a fighter. He's a definition of a fighter. You know what I mean? But I think it's time to really, like, this is a real statement. Uh, Conor McGregor is a top five fighter at lightweight, and he is not a a gatekeeper by any means. But I don't see him beating the elite of elite guys anymore. And maybe I'm wrong on that, and I'm being reactionary, but... And I think Dustin, I don't know if y'all knew this, I think the only Southpaws he's ever faced are Diaz and Dustin in the UFC. It's the only Southpaws he's ever faced. You know? And Diaz and Dustin were bad matchups. And the Dustin fight is totally different. Or the the Diaz fight is totally different. Took him on, what, nine, ten days notice. Goes up from 155 to 170 when he was a 145-pounder because Rafael Dos Anjos is Bum-ass fucking, you know, missed weight or had an injury or some bullshit. And, you know, I just, I'm heartbroken. Not really. I'm really not. Because he, as you can hear in the reaction, I'm like, just get up and last through the round. <laughs> just last. You know, just last through the round, bro. Who knows? Who knows what happens? Um, And he didn't last because his leg broke. And it's kind of anticlimactic because even as a fan I want closure does that make sense and that was a win for Conor McGregor in the public eye as a fan I'll I'm over here preaching Cody Garbrandt versus TJ TJ can't beat his ass he fucking sucks he uses roids and he end up using roids but he fucking sucks TJ Hillishaw's ass and I sat there and I cheered for Cody Garbrandt I cheered for him as he gets KO'd over and over and over again because he wants to fight angry like a little angry child. It's just one of those things, man. You know, I think he comes back. I think he fights the Nate Diaz trilogy or the Rafael Dos Anjos fight or he takes on the loser of Dustin and Oliveira or he takes on Michael Chandler, somebody like that. 
But it's going to be why he broke his leg, and I wish him well, you know. But to be honest, I wasn't mad. It was very weird as a fan. Because, you know, in fighting, it's not like sports. When you have a season-ending injury in sports, that team is fucked, right? In individual sports, like fighting, you take breaks anyways, and to me, I look at this, and I know it's rehab, and I know it's different. I just look at it as another nine months I have to go without Connor, which sucks, but at the same time, I'm used to it now. I'm okay with the UFC without Connor. A lot of the casual fans aren't going to watch another fight if John Jones doesn't fight, if fucking Connor McGregor doesn't fight. They're not going to watch another fight. I watch all these motherfuckers, you know, so it doesn't bother me. But I thought the reaction was funny. Uh, I was dressed in all black. I screamed. I'm in all black because it's a fucking funeral. No. See how that went. So, we're going to take a little break. We're going to get into the NBA Finals. Oh, man. They've made it a series, huh? I'll be right back, baby. Let's get it. Okay, so, here we are. Um... Bucks Suns game three coming up, a uh, game four. Sorry, um, and I, I think it's gonna be the closest game of the series. I still have the Bucks winning, just for my prediction. But if I was to give a prediction of, I don't know, just what I'm feeling is that the Suns come out. Sorry, I got a YouTube video going. Um, the Suns come out and and play well. I mean, Devin Booker sat the whole fourth quarter of the last game, which I didn't understand. I, I truly didn't. I didn't understand it. I know he's not playing well. He ended with 10 points. And Chris Paul's turnover, uh, uh, assist-to-turnover ratio has become a thing in, in media. You know, how, you know how crazy you have to be as a point guard for the media to talk about you and you have a 1.7 turnover ratio, 17 assists, 10 turnovers, I believe. Last two games, I, I think it's hilarious. I think it's I think it's a funny thing to talk about. Uh, it's Chris Paul, man. He's 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 Chris Paul. He's gonna he he's been turning the ball over. They've been trapping him a little bit and giving him some mismatches, but or different different. Not there's no mismatch for Chris Paul, but giving him some different looks on defense. And I think it's an interesting series right now. Uh, I really wanted to talk about. How how fans and casual fans of the NBA and I kind of get into it, but after the game, I kind of let my mind rest and go after it. You know, Chris Chris had a very interesting tweet. This is why you don't diagnose series a game by game, and that's so true. You know, you don't diagnose series game by game. Um, your diagnostics are going to come up false. And whether you make a bold prediction after that game one and say Suns in four, Suns in five, you're going to be wrong, you know? And I think it's so interesting that people really don't give coaches credit, but they give them all the blame. I think it's really funny how that works. You want to call Monty Williams and Coach Bud elite coaches, but you're not going to give them the time to adjust to the other team. I think it's quite interesting that you do that. It's funny. Uh... uh once again, I think they had no adjustment for Giannis other than doubling him. Um, keeping him out of the paint maybe uh, would be 
I don't know, running them to the three-point line, but how often can you do that? You know, what if, what if like, Brooke Lopez gets in foul trouble? He's probably their pseudo-center, right? And I, I've always – I said at the beginning of the series, I think the best lineup is probably without Brooke Lopez. think it would be interesting to see them without Brooke Lopez on the floor. Even though he does spread the floor and get Aiden out of the paint, but Aiden was in foul trouble last game. <laughs> right? You know? And I was right. I was right. Aiden was in foul trouble. <laughs> I was right finally. It's the finals. I was right. God damn. Uh, and I always accept my bad takes. It wasn't even a really bad take. It was just something I had observed over the season that he had corrected somehow. Like, he was in foul trouble. Did he see any elite bigs this whole this whole finals run other than Jokic? No. And Jokic really is in a uh, foul drawer. You know what I'm saying? He didn't face Joel Embiid. I mean, he's the best center in the world. But he didn't face Joel Embiid or... Uh, even a guy like Bam who goes to the rim, you know. Uh, Jokic doesn't get contact and all that shit, so it is what it is. But this series has gotten real interesting, hasn't it? It's kind of turned on its head, and as people believe in the Bucks can win just because of the greatness of Giannis. And I think it's interesting how that works, you know, and people are going to bring up, and I hate I bring everything back to LeBron. I think it's funny how great you have to be and the time you are in your career for the narrative to shift your way. You know? It's like, Giannis is going to go out here, and he may lose in six, and he may put up 37 to 38 points a game and lose in a series. But it's a finals loss, right? Counts heavily against his resume, right? That's what we say. That's what the narrative is. That's, that's the historical narrative now. You know, and I hope he gets the same treatment as the only person that has lived this narrative. And I'm not shitting on Michael Jordan for it. I'm shitting on the storytellers for it. You know, you hear these myths of Michael Jordan like he only played six seasons and he didn't. Played what, 13? People say that he would be doing what LeBron is doing at 36 or he did do it. And they're historically incorrect because he retired at 34, I believe. 34, he retired. It's just funny. People are like, yo, MJ got his last title at 30. No, whoa, hey, hey. Nah, he didn't. He didn't. You're wrong. It's just shitty how narratives play a part in your legacy and not people just dissecting the game you play. It's really shitty. But this, this series is getting interesting. I have no deep analysis on it. I think that Scott Foster, if he refs a game, the Suns will lose. He hates fucking Chris Paul. I don't know if you've... More than half the memes you've seen of Chris Paul involve Scott Foster, by the way. I don't know if y'all knew this. The one where he's like... You know, he's... If you can't see him, you're on Spotify. He's like mocking the ref. That's Scott Foster. No, wait. That was... uh, I'm not going to remember his name. It was the old man. It could have been Scott Foster. But either way, Scott Foster and him have a really bad relationship. And like he said, 13 in a row is now 14 in a row for the Suns. I think it's very funny how that works. Because refs do play a part in the game. I don't think they play as big of a part as people make it seem. I will never say that. I really don't think a ref can lose you a game. 
I think refs can put you in a bad spot to win a game, which is so different than winning or losing you a game. You know? They want to claim the D-Wade shit with the Mavs. People forget that the Mavs had a 11-point lead, I think. I saw the highlights like three days ago. An eleven Because it was the anniversary of D-Wade coming back. The, the Bucks went down 2-0, so everybody's posting these highlights. And I went back and just watched game three, and I believe they were down 11 with two and a half minutes left, and D-Wade shot two free throws the last two and a half minutes, and he brought them back. All jumpers, all mid-range jumpers, you know. So that they bring these narratives in, and they act like D-Wade isn't the one of the – he is one of the, like, founding fathers of the foul call. I know that sounds nuts, but that's what D-Wade is. D-Wade is the founding father of the foul call. You have to realize D-Wade was the first ever modern superstar to be a pure slasher. Did he have a mid-range jumper? Yes. It developed later in his career, but when he was winning the championship, he really wasn't a bucket like from mid-range, and he used the glass and all that shit, but he didn't have a consistent mid-range. He was a pure slasher. And we've never seen anybody like D-Wade. That's why D-Wade is one of my favorite players ever because you really have to look at D-Wade's legacy in a whole. And I've I've teased a D-Wade episode and I hope, hopefully I can get to it, you know. But maybe on the 100th episode I'll go through like my greatest moments here, my favorite moments for my athletes and tell them why I think they're so great. But to just touch on it, D-Wade is one of the greatest players in NBA history because you know, he isn't talked about like an injury-ridden player, but he is. He was. Because when you're placing the top three shooting guards of all time behind Kobe and Michael Jordan, how high could you go? And I think his legacy could have went a lot higher. Those little accolades of scoring. Did you know D. Wade didn't become a 20,000-point scorer, I think, until he was 34, 35? You know how rare that is for an all-time player? It's pretty interesting to think about, to be honest. You see, I can just see the reflection of shit going on. Um, but yeah, I think this, I, I just went on a tangent randomly, just my knowledge spewing out of my head. Uh, this series has gotten real interesting, and if the Suns win, obviously I think the series is over. I think the series is over. Uh, Drew Holiday and Chris Milton have to show a pulse. Drew, Chris Middleton is like... You know, Kendrick Perkins is fucking calling him Batman. Didn't he call him Batman on a segment? This dude is Batman with no crimes to go after. Didn't Batman, like, after every time he beats somebody up until they were a paraplegic and say, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. Right, that's my best Batman voice. I'm so sorry. Talk to me, talk, talk to me. Where is the Joker? Like, that's Chris Middleton, but he's a retired Batman. And then he sees the bat signal from the four-eyed fucker that calls him the lieutenant, sergeant, mayor thing, the cop guy. He just puts it in the air. You know? And that's... He pops up out of nowhere. The bats come out of the cave. Those are his three-point shots in the third quarter. And he pops out of nowhere. That's what Chris Middleton does. And Drew Holiday has... has oh... Drew, Drew was at the top, was at the top of the underrated players list and is now at the top of the overrated players list. You know how much of a shift that is? You know, you know how, how hard you have to 180 to do that? 
He went from, oh my God, Drew Holiday needs more recognition. He needs more recognition. He's not He's not getting his due. He is the best point guard defender. I've said that a hundred times. If you don't consider Ben Simmons a point guard, um, which I don't, offensively I do. Defensively, I think of him as a magician, a wizard, an all-around lockdown walking prison, a lockdown penitentiary. Yeah, he's a walking solid, solitary confinement. You know, that's what Ben Simmons is. But then now Drew Holiday's a great defender, and he can score. Because, dude, Drew Holiday is one of the smoothest offensive players, arguably, in the league. It's not like he has a hitch in his game. But in these playoff games, he hasn't shown up. He's played like shit. He had disappearing acts until Giannis went out. Balled out. And was he really balling out? I don't think so. I think he was... That's my whole thing with expectation versus reality versus uh, reality versus what we thought he would be, like the Ben Simmons thing I always talk about, right? Was he really balling out, or was he just playing better than the last 10 games he shit his, be- he shit his pants, right? That's what I think. So if Giannis's two other stars, mostly Chris Middleton, who is a not a superstar player, but a borderline above an all-star player, right? He's an all-star, but he is borderline above that. He's right at that that cusp of being above an all-star, you know? If they have a pulse, they win the series in six to me. They win the series in six or seven. And obviously that's the only way they can win the series, but in my eyes it's just if they show a pulse, if they show a 20-point performance, and I tweeted the other day, if Drew Holiday ever drops 18 points in 50% shoot or 45% shooting, the Bucks will win every game that he does that. And he did that, and look what they did. They won. That's just my thought. If if Drew Holiday plays efficiently and at a high level, which I'm not asking him to be amazing, hit 17 points on 48% shooting, bro. That's not hard for a guy of that caliber. And I think they win. I think they win the series. He's got a guy dropping 40 every fucking night. 60% of the games he's played against the fucking Suns. 40 plus points. Almost had a 50-pointer other than the season. Right? So, that's just my thoughts. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about the Stephen A comments. And then after the Stephen A comment, I really have a short, brief thought on that. Because um, I thought it was funny. I don't know. It was pretty funny. Uh but we're going to talk about the Stephen A. comments about Oshay uh, Otani. Is that how you say his name? Shohei Otani? Anyways, I'll look it up, whatever. And then we're going to come back with my Game 4 reaction. We're going to get to it, man. Thank you all for listening. Be right back. Shohei. Shohei Otani. Shohei Otani. And I knew it was that. I knew it was. And I, I've been backtracking, you know. You know how I am with names. You know how I am with names. Oh, and also in this segment here, since the Stephen A thing is just so short, I'm just going to rant on fantasy football again. I'm going to talk about the other league I'm going to join and how they're scrubs and the scrub shit they do. But Stephen A. Smith goes on first take. And he says, I don't think it's good for the face of the league to need a translator. And I think it's so shitty how this works. I said it last podcast. I think the cancel culture is overtaking. You know, I'm obsessed with stand-up comedy. If you don't know me that well and you're listening, you're a new listener, maybe my friends don't know. I am a stand-up comedy 
addict. Like I study it. That's that's really the route I want to dive into, but I don't have the balls to do it, and I should. But I'm not good at joke writing. You know, I don't know how to piece together a joke and all that shit. So I try to just morph it into sports. You know, I think that's very. I don't want to toot my own horn. I think it's a a quite a different thing to mix real life jokes and comedy and comedic like topics with sports. I think that sports is such a, if you're really a diehard sports fan, right? You want the analytics, you want the, the stats and you want to know a deep dive into the, the shit. And to me, sports is so simple. You know, I can give you all the stats in the world, but at the end of the day, it's like the finals. If Giannis's teammates show up with a pulse and Giannis plays at a high level, they're not losing. You get what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day, sports aren't that hard to figure out. They're not. But not to go off on a tangent of sucking my own cock, um, <laughs> Stephen A. came on there and said, I don't think it's good for the face of the league to have a translator. He goes, translator. Max is like, oh, speaking English is not a good thing. He's speak- he doesn't speak English. It's going to be a barrier. <laughs> like, Max is just trying to stop him. And I don't know. I thought it was very interesting that he gets so he gets hit so quick. You know, you get one viral video, and I think it's shitty because if I come on my podcast and say the same thing, obviously nobody says a fucking word. I think it's quite interesting, and I'm I think what he said is I mean it's not horrible, but it's like why would he say that? <laughs> you know, I think that. Mostly in the NBA, right? I think our, our games have become international. I think people are picking up on that. Right? I mean, a couple couple top 10 guys, a couple top, I mean, those top seven guys in the league. You got a dude from Serbia who just won the MVP in Jokic. You got the defensive player of the year is uh, Rudy Gobert from France. Ben Simmons is one of the best players in the league. He, I mean, after all this shit I talked about him, he is one of the top, what, 30 players in the league. He's from Australia. Luka Doncic, obviously, is arguably the best player in the world. He's from fucking uh, Slovenia. You got uh, Joel Embiid. He's from Cameroon. Talking about five of the top guys in the league are international. You talk about the Spurs, France, Tony Parker. uh, Ginobili's from Argentina, I believe. Right? Or Spain. I think he's from Spain. He may be from Spain. I'm not sure. But it's like those type of things, it it doesn't make any sense. Dirk Nowitzki, an all-time legend from Germany. What are you talking about? Steven, if he was in basketball, he's raving about Luka. And I know he meant not speaking English. But at the same time, these little kids don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I don't watch baseball worth a fuck, but I don't care. Fernando Tatis ain't American. Is he? Is he American? <laughs> I don't know. I think he's not. I don't think he is. But if he is, uh, congratulations. <laughs> welcome to American. You're from here. Why am I saying welcome? You just thank you for being American. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's quite weird for Stephen A to come out like that. Mostly how we all see his political side a lot of the times. It's it pretty stupid of, of him to say that shit. But, you know, that's just my take on it. You got to... You got to realize, man, this this world isn't going to... A lot of talented people aren't from here. <laughs> I don't know how else to explain it. We got a lot of talented people that ain't from here, bruh. 
I grew up and my favorite team was the Yankees and I was really balls deep into baseball playing select ball and shit. Uh, two-time uh, Gold Glove winner of the regional tournament in Mississippi, Gulfport, Mississippi. You can look it up. I don't know if you can look it up. Got on home tape. Got the trophies at my parents' house. Two-time Gold Glove winner. Um, uh, 12 years old, playing in a 14 to 16 year old tournament. Nah, won first three times in a row. You know, uh, not in that specific tournament where I'd be 15, but we always played an age group ahead. Won three regional titles. Mm, just, just something crazy. Always lost to the White House Rangers. That's what their name was, the White House Texas Rangers. Um, in the state, the state tournament, lost him two years in a row. But that's just my, that's my accomplishments. Best sport was baseball. Didn't touch a baseball past the time I was 12. Thought I was too good to be in a Fort Worth uh, select team. Yeah, cocky fucker. Anyways, fantasy football. <laughs> so I get invited to play in this league with my other friends. Michael, Bates, Lucas, Brant, Junior, X, Anthony, all these guys, right? My other group of friends. And last, they're talking about how easy fantasy is. You know, and I, I'm asking about the league. It's a half-point PPR, and it's a 10-man. You know Anthony? Anthony had fucking Dak Prescott. He broke his ankle. He just goes and picks up somebody random, and he wins. That's, I told them, if you make this a 12-man, you're going to be bitching again. These fuckers are used to, like, I don't know how to explain this. Losing Mark Andrews and getting TJ Hawkinson. <laughs> like, or a Tanyan, who was somehow tied in one, or tied in three. Uh, Kelsey's tied in one. Tied in three behind Waller and Kelsey. And this fucker was just scoring a touchdown every week. It was like, he wasn't really, but it was like, he would go four, four, 75, seven, eight, two, 53. He would have six touchdowns in one week. I don't know how he did it. But anyways, they're over here inviting me to this league, and I'm like, guys, y'all don't want to play a 10-man. Y'all don't want to invite us. And like, why? And I'm like, y'all don't get it. It's like, what do you mean? I'm like, that waiver wire. <laughs> you aren't going to be able to have two injuries in your starting lineup or your fucking, your asshole is gaping open. It's a cave down there. It's a cavern. You're done. It's wide open. You're dead. You know, and they don't believe me. These fuckers are having Christian McCaffrey. Bates had Christian McCaffrey get injured and made the final. Oh, my light fell again. I said, what? I want to be in that league. I, I said, wait. Honey, what the fight? What? How? How? What happened? You know, he didn't even get Mike Davis. Michael got Mike Davis, apparently. I went through their old rosters. They showed me. Oh, these guys are in for a rude awakening. And the one scrubbish thing they do is actually appreciate uh, Chris doing this. Is putting a cap on your acquisitions. Transactions, I should say. I don't know if, I think it is. Maybe it is. It has to be transactions or acquisitions. Either way. You know, these guys, all I see when I played with them in a 10-man uh, standard was Let's say, I mean, it was Michael and Lucas. Michael had dropped Austin Hooper, picked up another tight end, dropped a receiver, picked up Austin Hooper, dropped the tight end he just added for the receiver he just dropped. Like, 
he would be he would set an alarm for three o'clock and go to the waiver wire. And they had seventy transactions at the end of the year, uh, acquisitions, whatever it is. And I'm sick of that shit. I told him, hey, let's put a cap on it. Let's do like my other league does it. That's why I respect Chris. And oh, genius idea I came up with out of the blue today. Thought it was genius. Chris even appreciated how good of an idea it was. A shout out to Chris. He is a commissioner willing to change and be progressive in a league. Love it. I said, keeper leagues. If we have seven, or let's say we have five keepers, those keepers obviously are keeping a guy that finished top, what, seven, six last year, right? Let's shuffle their picks and they get the first picks of the draft. So they're not really losing a lot of value. And then the other seven picks, shuffle them at the end if they're not keeping. And then that would, one, make you risk having a keeper, and two, maybe go, oh, don't want a keeper, and then everybody gets the same gets the same um, pick of the litter, I should say, right? I thought it was a genius idea. So a dude that has Christian McCaffrey that's kept, or Saquon Barkley or Derrick Henry, whoever you want to name, doesn't get the 12 pick, and then flips around and gets... Derrick Henry, Najee Harris, Derrick Henry, Travis Kelsey, Derrick Henry, Tyreek Hill. Like, that's kind of fucked up. I think it's rigged. Or a guy like me doesn't have to take Najee Harris or Nick Chubb at three or four. Or one or two. Like, it sounds so dumb when I tell you that I took Todd Gurley one overall. I think that year he ended with double-digit touchdowns and 1,300 yards. But I, I'm the idiot, right? But if I take him... 12th or 11th it doesn't seem that bad but when you see one overall it kind of kind of looks bad doesn't it so that's just my little fantasy football talk and yeah man i'm gonna i'm gonna come back and give you all this game for reaction and golly he is shredding right now i'm just watching call of duty videos hilarious um but yeah man i'll be right back don't worry about it we'll be right back with that game for reaction mm-hmm Okay, hopefully you can't hear the TV in the background. Holy fuck. They're up. 101 to 108. Seven seconds left. This game's over. What have I said since day one? Resiliency of the... Or day one of the finals. The resiliency of the Bucks. Not scared of a deficit. Not scared of being down in a playoff series. Not scared of none of that shit. They come out and play. And I just clown Chris Middleton the Batman sign was out fourth quarter Batman signs out give it to Chris Middleton holy shit I love playoff basketball you know I, I just sent it in the group chat I hate I hate it on um yes thank you Chris talks about how the 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 shot making in the finals has been or this game has been crazy it has Devin Booker those three that three he hit oh Oh, stop. Chris Middleton, pull up, lipper, lip, blow, bang. I mean, fuck. I love the finals, man. And it's so funny. I, I was shitting on this playoffs. And then I'm like, I'm like, I'm literally, I'm trying to not overdo it. I'm out of breath. I was so lit this game. So cool. Such a cool game to watch, man. And like I told y'all, the energy hit me so quick for the NBA Finals because I'm an NBA head. It's my favorite sport in the world. It is, man. My favorite sport in the world, and I love it. And you can't 
deny. You can't hold me mute this TV. You can't deny it. You can't deny the NBA Finals. NBA Finals are fun. NBA Finals are the two best teams at the moment going at it. And we've never had a shitty finals, really. What are the shittiest finals we've seen in our lifetime? My lifetime. Kobe versus the Magic. A shitty finals. But you never are star-ridden. You never have a finals where you're like, damn, there's no stars in this. Right? They may be Kevin Durant gets hurt in the Warriors series. You got Kawhi, Steph, Clay. Clay end up getting hurt. Kyle Lowry is not a star. He's an old fat man. But it's like, and, and when LeBron gets swept, he dropped 50. You know, like, it's it's going to bring some hype to you. Either it's LeBron, arguably the greatest, to me, the greatest player ever, but arguably the greatest player ever in a finals versus the best team ever dropping 50. In a series they thought they had no chance in. LeBron puts him in position to win home game, road, uh, road game uh, number one, right? And then in this series, you have one of the greatest point guards of all time, one of the greatest players in the history of the NBA, Chris Paul, versus a young guy trying to build his legacy who will go down as one of the greatest players ever, Giannis Antetokounmpo. With a Devin Booker, who, by the way, is younger than Giannis, Younger than Giannis, one of the best scorers we will ever see with our two eyes, I promise you on that, Devin Booker. As not an undersized guard, but he's not the size of the other elite scorers we've seen in our life. And it just brings excitement. It fuels me. It fuels my fucking soul, dude. I love this shit. I love the finals. And now we have a 2-2 series. Like... God damn, I didn't I didn't see since I'm going off reactionary, I really didn't see all the stat lines. Let me go to this game log. And wow, I'm just like so excited. Like we're here. Bucks versus Suns. Well, I put Knicks, but it'll have to do. Oh, well, it it searched Knicks. Guys, I'm trying. Giannis with 26, 14, and 8. Fam, this dude. Y'all want to talk about the Giannis performance right now? Like, if you want to have a real conversation, we can have one. He's having one of the best finals performances we've ever seen of all time. In the moment, it seems that way. And I think it's right. Being ultra efficient and all that. And I think we're also seeing, hold on, Lucas is calling the podcast. Hello, Brandon Lucas. You're on shooting the shit with Sands. Do not say anything incriminating. How are you doing? <laughs> you ready to play our little series or what? Oh, dude, I'm gung ho. Yeah, I just finished the game. I'm ready to go. All right, I'll be on a second. Give me five more minutes and this podcast is over, buddy. It's going to be less right. than that, probably. All right, man. See you in a second. We got an MLB The Show League going. Barry him in the playoffs just smoked Lucas. But in these finals, we're talking about Devin Booker. 42. See, I knew he had... The game was on mute because Nia is over here. 
hey, I went with the cage. Do you want to clear this way? And I'm like, all right, let me mute this so I can concentrate on this woman. And I knew we had 36 at one point, 42 for the game. Chris Paul can't have 10. He can't. Um, and then you go to, obviously, Chris Middleton. Just completely, the Batman sign was out. <laughs> he drops 40. He didn't just have a pulse. He was having a heart attack. And that's what they need. If Giannis can sit here and drop 26, 14, and 8 every game, they'll be fine. Giannis can do that in his fucking sleep, buddy. He can. It's so funny when I'm just completely enthralled in the game. Is, is that a word? <laughs> and I'm so invested that I don't really keep track of stats. They'll flash them on the screen, but during the commercial break, I'm really texting and looking at Twitter or talking to my friends on the mic. And I'll watch the games on the mic, so I'm unconcentrated but watching, and it's on mute, you know? Because I watch it through my Xbox on my TV, which is the HDMI cord, so I mute the game and things of that nature. And I need commentary, uh, so sometimes I mute them. And goes like the whole fourth quarter muted them. Uh, muted just don't want to hear y'all talk. Shut the fuck up. Let me let me hear Mike Breen preach to the gospel. You know, preach the gospel to the choir. Let them sing. Mark Jackson and Jeff Van Gundy are the gospel to Mike Breen, the preacher. As good as they are, Mike Breen, it's like Ernie Johnson on NBA on TNT. They're the star of the show. And the other people don't know it. Everybody thinks, like, Chuck is, obviously, has been called this a hundred times, the MJ... Of sports broadcasting. Well, I think he's the Scotty Pippen because Ernie Johnson keeps that shit together. So does Mike Breen, and it's very interesting. I just you need more from Aiden. And even without looking at the stats, I could tell he didn't have a good game. I didn't think he had six points. And obviously the block from Giannis. Oh! Oh! He gave him the the bulldog thought teeth face. Oh my god, I love it. The finals are fucking awesome, dude. I'm sorry. I am I love NBA Finals basketball. No matter who it is, where it is, what it is. It's in Milwaukee. They're cheeseheads. Who gives a fuck? I love this shit. And I just had to share that excitement. And I hope these guys keep playing at a high, high level. I want to see Chris Paul drop 30 again next game. You know, I want to see it. I want to see a 40 pointer from Chris Paul. They're guarding him differently. I told y'all. It's all about the pick and roll coverage. And I think Bud has done this thing where he's deciding who to take out of the game each game. Call me crazy. I feel like Jeff Van Gundy's going to pull up a video, game five, of how he stops Chris Paul or stops Devin Booker each game to get them out of sorts. Make one player beat you. Make the other player work to beat you. It's a good strategy, Bud. Like I said, Bud's adjustments will not come till game three. He's always done that. Forever. That's what got his ass beat against the Heat because he didn't make an adjustment. Not this year. They whooped our fucking ass. But y'all get what I'm saying. So that's the end of the pod. I hope y'all enjoy this NBA Finals. These are two amazing teams. Can't be denied. The the two most well-rounded, full rosters uh, built. Like, GMs deserve all the credit in the world. Can't even name you Milwaukee's GM. Shout out James Jones, Heat legend, and you know what it is. So, hope you all enjoy this podcast. I know it's short, 
short and sweet, man. Just wanted to give some content out there. And, uh, yeah, man, still got the Suns in seven. Remember that, Suns in seven. And uh, I will see y'all next time on Shooting the Shit with Sands, bruh. And when that new apartment comes, it's a wrap. Gonna look too nice. And, uh, yeah, man, so hope y'all enjoyed this. I love y'all. Tell somebody you love them dearly, honestly. Call your mom, call your dad, call your sister, call your uncle, call your friend. Because I love y'all. I love a lot of people. But let me get out of here, man. The pod goat is out. Deuce!